0: Love
1: to Radio
2: I'm in love with you And all that jazz You're my dream come true And all that jazz Baby, you're too much You got the skin I love to touch The skin I love to touch too much And all that jazz You have got the lips That suit my taste And your fingertips Can't be replaced Oh, baby, what you got Nobody has And I got you And all that jazz Baby you are really too much You got the skin that I love to touch the skin I love, too touch too much and all that jazz You have got the lips that suit my taste And your fingertips, they cannot be replaced Oh, baby, what you got, nobody has I got you yeah, I got you. Hey, I got you. And all that jazz. And all that jazz.
0: Yeah. That was Mel Torme. I was laughing for the whole
3: thing. I was too. Oh, my God. Like I didn't <laughs> listen to the words of the song. it just not oh, listen okay, to the, the words? Or no, I didn't just, listen no,
0: to the words. We knew that it was... Our guest, one of his favorite singers. So,
3: yeah. Well, hi, Tasha. Hi, Jane.
0: How are you? I'm fine. Good. Yeah. So, everybody, welcome to Chit Chat Chicks. And um, we're going to bring our guest right on. Um, you want to intro
2: hi him?
3: Tasha? Sure. Yeah, I will. I have yeah, to why not? Bring him on. I'm maybe maybe he should intro, intro himself. Uh, maybe should. I'm in one of my Pretty introverted, lot. antisocial modes. So, Allison, this means I must love you because I could, I'd rather be reading a book right now. Uh, but for you, you know, I'm making the exception. So, anyway, let's talk about Mr. Allison. Okay. The Chickens are pleased to welcome back to the show one of our favorites, Allison Burnett, a screenwriter and novelist. His film credits include Red Meat, Autumn in New York, Resurrecting the Champ, Untraceable, Fame, Gone, and Underworld Awakening. His novels are the Trilogy of Christopher, The House Beautiful, and Death by Sun- Sunshine, as well as Undiscovered Girl, which Allison directed this year as an independent film starring Britt Robertson, Martin Sheen, Kristen Slater, Justin Long, Kimberly Williams-Paisley, and Robert Patrick. Please welcome to this show, yes, the one, the only, Allison Burnett. Yay! Wow,
4: that was quite an intro. You know, I had no idea that, that you knew, you, you know, you guys do your research. So I love yes, Mel, and I've never heard that recording. So I was like in heaven, thinking, "Wow, what a coincidence!" Were you swaying back, back and May. forth?
0: Or were you just kind of like, "Ooh"? Yeah, that hilarious. kind of a thing.
4: <laughs> I know he's just like a sister He was a incredible genius, and um, and I actually am friends with his, a couple of his children, and so I've even learned more about him. And he was just a, just a great singer.
0: How old is he now? Is he, is he still he with? Is, us? He
4: is dead. He died about. Oh, I'm going to say. Awesome. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess and say eight years ago. That's my guess. <laughs> but I could be wrong. But no, he definitely passed away. And um, he. But he was singing with. You know, he was like a great, like three octave range, and he was singing all the way into his seventies. Wow. And he did do one of the funniest Seinfelds in history. Um, do you watch Seinfeld? Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which,
1: which one? He did a
4: great one where Kramer has had novocaine and can't talk and he's wearing big floppy bouncy sneakers that are supposed to help you jump <laughs> but in fact they, they they have like they look like corrective shoes and they have big pancakes on the bottom of the sneakers <laughs> so he's walking funny and he can't talk and he jumps in a cab with mel torme and mel torme is on his way that night is going to be doing a benefit for the cha- our challenged friends uh-huh. and he thinks that um <laughs> that uh, kramer is challenged so he invites him to the benefit, and then right before the benefit, somebody for some reason punches uh, Kramer in the mouth. So now he's now he can't talk again. So there he is up on the dais with Mel Torme, and they sing a duet with Kramer oh going, oh uh, oh uh, oh. Uh. He can barely sing. It is it is one of the probably one of the longest laughs in Seinfeld history. It's just oh genius.
1: I remember, um, uh, do
0: you remember that? Uh, I think it was Carol Burnett um with Tim Conway and
4: uh, mm-hmm. Harvey Corman. Yeah.
0: And it was Harvey Corman and Tim Conway, dentist and, and patient and and um I think Harvey Corman was the patient and Tim Conway was giving Harvey novocaine and he kept mm-hmm. missing the mouth. So, so other we were, like, his the body needle went in get. in his leg and then it went into his it, it was hysterical. I've never That's seen so. it was
4: one of the funniest things Anyway,
0: it was. That was great. a great show. That was a great show. It
4: um, well, happy uh, Thursday. Um, yeah, happy it's Thursday. Fun to be, it, I'm sorry that um, that your co-host has, is is uh, wants to be curled up with a book. <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting sloppy. <laughs> he stuff. is
3: curled up with a book. <laughs> She's I'm actually right as, now. I, as you're speaking,
4: I, I'm. You would know because you are in different cities, I, I, I believe.
0: You have no idea what we're doing right now. We're on the phone. That's about it.
4: Um, do you guys um do you guys are you old friends? Like have you spent lots of time in the same city?
3: No. No. No, we've no. actually never I think we told you so we've never met
4: in person. Oh um,
3: my god. But yeah, so no, everybody planning on, says, Oh my God. Yeah, we're planning, but we've known each other for seven years I think. At least. And uh we are planning, I mean, we we're gonna go to New York. I wanna see once on Broadway. And while we're there, we're gonna make us we're gonna go over to philly and, and see Miss
4: Jane say. Somebody told me do you know why the movie is called once?
3: You told me you told oh, you said I'm so consistent have-
4: everything we do is con- I'm asking the same question We're having the same show. it's a rerun, and I don't even know it um yeah, that's what I heard so we had once come up last time,
3: yes. It's I, one to I come have up a and new come name that like, Allison so That's fine. Like, I remembered the Milton t- t- Torme thing. And, I yeah, know. Like, it's
4: crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so I won't you. get know I
3: stalk you all the time, basically.
4: Right. Right. And, and well, Kasha
3: and I, right I did now.
0: webcam together, but that's another story. We won't get weird on it. Somebody else brought that up.
4: But we we have seen each other <laughs> on a uh,
3: webcam.
4: On a webcam, not a Skype? Yeah.
3: On Skype, yeah. Skype, oh, okay. webcam,
4: yeah. Yeah. There's a difference. Webcam sort of has dirty connotations.
3: It does have a Yeah, no, it's tight. It <laughs> Let's be clear.
4: Yeah, we're not that weird. Um,
3: well, yeah. Allison the Allison? You've done, right?
4: Yeah. And we packed it how, off how to how it the all. Toronto Film Festival uh, this week on Monday or last week oh, on man. Friday or something. So it is off in the world for the first time. Um, and if we get into Toronto, then we will do nothing until September. That will be our debut date. And where will that be? Um, at, at at Toronto.
0: Oh, in Tor- Okay, so it's the
4: Toronto Film Festival.
0: That's in September. Well,
1: good luck. Thank yes. You okay.
4: That's where we submitted it, and if it gets in there, then we won't show it to anyone, and we'll just wait till and debut it there, and mm. uh, hopefully we'll premiere it there, and hopefully um, get distribution there. Um, if we didn't get in, we would do other things, but we're we're fairly confident, and that's where we're, our attention is focused.
3: Uh huh.
4: And it's very much the kind of movie that they like because it's uh, it's female-driven and it's mm-hmm. youthful and it's edgy, and so we're hoping that it sort of fits their model and that it all goes smoothly, but we won't know until we know.
1: That's right. Well, Thank for you. people
0: that have not listened to our show before, which I cannot, I can't even imagine. I can't there looked. are many out there. Uh, but there might be. Um, yeah. Just... Tell our listeners a little bit about Undiscovered Girl and how you decided to it. Well, I wrote to... it as
4: a novel a few years ago, and it's the story of a uh, reckless 18-year-old girl named Katie Kampenfelt who um, narrates the book, and she's a blogger. She's blogging about her life in the year off that she takes after high school, and you follow her adventures, and She's she's lovable, and she's funny, and she's promiscuous, and she gets high too much and she's reckless and you follow her adventures and what starts off as sort of a youth movie quickly becomes a much more disturbing almost a psychological thriller as you realize that right. she's really kind of out of control and um and so i wrote the book and you know it um it did well and i went on to other things and then after a couple of years i had some Downtime, and I decided to adapt it to screenplay. And in the process, of, I just realized that I really had to direct it. And mm-hmm. um, and so I went out and I met a couple of young Canadian producers uh, who put in some money, and I put in some to get the ball rolling. And the next thing I know, we had uh, we had a movie going, and it, it's been a great. It was a great, great experience. It's the first time maybe that I'll ever experience this. But I didn't have any authority. Like there was no person telling me, ordering me what to do, and that's incredible, um, that's which so is incredible. I mean, you really there are huge directors that never get that opportunity because our entire movie is, is equity financed. So <laughs> it means like there's no company, there's no there's no entity. And you know they always tell you film is a collaborative art, but is it really collaborative if you are ordered to do something? Mm-hmm. And of course I collaborated. Of course I listen to suggestions and listen to people's input. And, and, you know, after the first time I had assembled the movie, I cut a half an hour out of it. So I was completely collaborative, but it was true collaboration because nobody commanded me to do anything. So there's not even a, a nanosecond in the film that I, I'm i not fully responsible for.
0: Uh-huh. Well, tell That's tell okay. our listeners who who the who's in the movie. Who well, the cast, lead girl
4: yeah. is, is Britt Robertson. Um, who I think is just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant actress. Mm-hmm. She um, she she had a show, a couple of shows on the CW, mm-hmm. uh, The Seventh Circle and Life Unexplained, I think it's called. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she carried those shows. So even though she was really young when she did our movie, she had l- lots and lots of experience. So she was really already a veteran who understood the camera and understood acting and... You know, this is a huge lead role. I mean, she's in every shot of the film, every scene. If if she gets a phone call, it's the camera stays on her. It never goes to the other person. Um, it's only told from her sensibility and her point of view. Um, not there isn't even a shot in the movie where where we see her from the POV of another character. Mm-hmm. We see her point of view on the world, but no one ever. There are no. There's no other consciousness on earth but her consciousness. Because the movie is a blog, Mm -hmm. so uh, you can't blog about things that you didn't experience. So I kept very true to the to that. So the way I directed it, there's God and there's Katie's point of view, and there's no one else's. So God is like the third person. You know, uh, the third person can see her walking down the street, but Mm -hmm. it's never another a friend of hers seeing her walk down the street. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, Yeah. it does. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
4: We stuck very true to it. and I just love her, and she's just fantastic. Oh, she, and what?
0: It's, it's a meaty role. I mean, it's, oh, it's got to be one of the roles of her life.
4: Oh, I can't imagine there are too many leads this big that anyone could ever hope for. I mean, you're just on screen every second of the film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's got to have sex. She's got to cry. She's got to scream. She's got to be funny. She's got to do everything. So right. we were very lucky because if she had not played the role, um, I'm mm-hmm. not convinced there are very many... I know there were very few girls that could have done it, and I, I'm very sure there was zero that could have done it who looked the part, and she fully uh, embodies the role as written in the novel.
0: And you had to wait because she was doing well,
4: what was some happened kind of
0: hold-up with, with another
1: yeah,
4: it's film. It's a long story, Bond but the, the, the short version is that once we cast her, we knew we had to share her with another movie. And if everything had gone smoothly with her other movie, we would have shot for a couple of weeks shut down for three weeks, and then shot for mm-hmm. two more. And while that's, you know, it's a little expensive and it's a little bit of a pain in the butt, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But if you know you're shutting down, it's not that impossible to do. And it gives you time to sort of recoup your, you know, get your energy back and maybe do some more casting for the second half of the movie and and get, you know, get your bearings. But instead what happened was the hurricane hit her other movie in New York. Mm-hmm. And it destroyed the schedule of that other movie. So they were constantly taking her, and not we didn't know when they needed her. So we right. couldn't plan. So we, we'd we think, oh, we'll just hope for the best. And we'd be shooting a scene with Justin Long, and suddenly this you know limo pulls up and just takes her away. Mm-hmm. And it was devastating for us emotionally and financially, right. but yeah. we just decided we, we were going to make it work. So at the end, when the movie was finished shooting, we shot for something like five days in October – Six mm-hmm. in November, six in December, and five in January. Right. Which, I, I honestly, I can't imagine that's ever been done, except by micro-budgeted movies, you know, mm-hmm. that were made for $7,000 with Friends. Uh, it was crazy. But, you know, you look at the film now, and God knows you can't tell. Um, it's seamless. It's a movie, and all that stress and heartache is gone, and all we have are the good memories of shooting it and, and our pride in the in the final result.
0: Sure, and the okay. rest of the cast, or just it's
4: just one oh, it's big so name after
0: another. You
4: just well, for a can't get any movie better we, than we got, that. Yeah, for a million dollar movie, we got a pretty amazing cast. I was really thrilled. I mean, I can't even. And you know, the, even the big the names you mentioned: Robert Patrick, Martin Sheen, Justin mm-hmm. Long, Kimberly Williams-Paisley, um, and Christian Slater.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: There's also like great, like uh, Lorraine Toussaint. Who um, is a veteran character actress?
1: Mm-hmm. Done
4: a ton of great TV, um, and was Max up, Hoffman. I saw
0: her in one of the award shows. She was up for either—I don't know if it was a Golden Globe or uh, an Emmy or something. I, I remember.
4: Yeah, like, I'm sure. I mean, she did name. a show with Annie Potts that ran for five years or something, mm-hmm. or a long time. And then, and then we have. Um, Dustin and I went to Juilliard with Lorraine. By the way, I was in a playwriting program at Juilliard in the early '80s, and she was an acting. She was brilliant back then. Um, And then, uh, and then, Dustin Hoffman's son, Max Hoffman, is great. And then Joe Montaigne's daughter is in it, uh, Gia Montaigne, who's adorable. Her
0: girlfriend.
4: um, Yeah, she plays her best friend. Uh And we have Andy Buckley from The Office, who plays um, Michael Wall. uh, David Wallace, is that his name, yeah, but David Wallace, he's the the, the boss, Steve Carell's boss, um, and Molly Hagan, who plays the mom in Election, one of my favorite movies. Um, she's a wonderful actress, you'll recognize, and she mm-hmm. went to Northwestern uh, a year after I left. Okay. So I mean, every and Zuleika Robinson is incredible. She's the on Homeland. She plays the Arab, the Arabic uh-huh. reporter who is like his mole, the beautiful with an yeah. English accent. Yeah, he she play you know. So we have, you know, an amazing cast. That's it's a un- cast. That's yeah. so, a like working with Kristen Slater.
3: Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I
4: was
3: no, no. just wondering, I, I was just curious about Kristen Slater. Did you enjoy working with him?
4: Yeah, I mean I, I just can't even tell you how great he is in this movie. He plays a very dark role and you know, you have to be very comfortable in yourself and in the dark corners of your soul to be able to play someone this dark and to do it with no moral judgment and no mm-hmm. cliches and he just slid so comfortably into these dark places i think people are really going to be blown away he's such a mm-hmm. pro i mean we were all just in shock you know a lot of these actors they came in they shot for four days or mm-hmm. three days martin sheen did two days and we would just mm-hmm. pack in you know they're seven or eight pages of whatever in, of, of mm-hmm. material in two days or whatever it was and um and so Christian so we would have these intensive like with Christian it was like an intense three days and um I mean you know maybe it was four I don't remember but it was just really like it was like a movie in itself
0: it must just have been, been so exhausting for them for everybody to just
4: to, when well you know they're used to it two you know they're days troopers like they're troopers um it's uh and you know they're treated so well and so comfortably and um you know, it's harder for the DP and the crew and the director because they're getting there earlier and we're on our feet working all day. But it's also just so exhilarating. I mean, who was it that said it was, you know, that directing a movie is like the greatest was it train set in the world or something? Some famous director said it was like the biggest toy set, you know. And it's really what it's like. It's like a dream. I mean, you have mm-hmm. all this at your disposal. Now, there are times when it's really, ter- when it's really terrifying. When you're doing an indie movie, a real indie, like this one is, I mean, there are days where they look at you and they say, okay, you have 35 minutes, you have one scene to go, and it's two pages, and you can only do one setup. Hmm. So you can only put the camera in one place, and you can only do a couple of takes or three takes or whatever. You have 35 minutes to light it, to shoot it. I mean, it's unbelievable pressure. And you're doing it in one take. So, like you're moving the camera and these actors are crossing the room and getting their coats and leaving and you're capturing these moments and mm-hmm. if they don't get it right, the whole thing is wasted because there's no coverage. Yeah. You're getting it in one shot because that's all you have time for. Yeah. So, it's, it's very intense. You know, um I get it. and I think sometimes that these directors who are used to working with giant budgets, that mm-hmm. you know, really in a way it's not even the same skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, you're doing something that's different in kind from doing, from shooting, you know, a million feet of film and shooting every single scene from, from, you know, eight from eight different angles. It's just a different world. Yeah. Can't wait. To and see. the other fun thing about the movie is that we um, had a, sing, uh, a song, a national song contest,
1: uh-huh. and, and invited
4: girls 21 years and younger to submit music, and all the music is, j- the soundtrack. We have a beautiful score, which is different. The okay. score was done by the composer that does house and, um, okay. and um, parenthood and a lot of great stuff. But the soundtrack is 14 songs written only by female singer-songwriters. Wow.
0: That's How many total. submissions did you get?
4: Total? I would say something like the number of songs was probably somewhere around, I'm going to guess, uh Hundred and fifty, maybe, because you know, the number of female singer songwriters twenty one and younger, yeah, who don't get help writing, who you know they could have Mm -hmm. help producing, but they have to sing it, they have to write it, and they and, and, you know, a lot of people don't qualify, Mm -hmm. and then the ones who feel that they're good enough to be in a movie, but I would say that of those submissions we got, I would say eighty five percent were absolutely talented enough that's to cool. get their music in the movie.
0: Oh, that's You great. know they did,
4: they didn't always their songs didn't always fit, but they were mm-hmm. really gifted, very yeah. professional. It was very impressive. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. very few where you go, "Oh my god, this is amateur."
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Um the only thing and, and we also we kept their recordings. So if they recorded it in garage band, mm-hmm. you know, we kept it. Mm-hmm. Um okay. because because the amateur knit, the amateur quality of the Production was mm-hmm. part of the charm of it. Although it sounds, you know, very professional in the movie, it doesn't like it sounds like someone turned on a transistor radio or something. You yeah. know, it's not done in a studio. The only a per- few were the only person that we re-recorded was a girl in Chicago who recorded this spellbinding song. It sounded so primitive. I swear to God, I thought it was some Appalachian girl knocking a <laughs> stick against a rock in the woods singing a cappella. It was so like primitive that. and so beautiful and mm-hmm. haunting. And I showed it to the, my composer, and he agreed that it was beautiful. And we talked to him. I said, You know, you're recording. Your mic is hissing a lot. And it turns out this was like a girl in the Midwest who was, you know, um, who comes from a very, you know, like a normal, well to do kind mm-hmm. of family. And her mother barely even knew she had, I don't think she even knew she had submitted it. Wow. And when the mother found out and heard the song, she flew her out here on their dime. And they stayed the night in Santa Monica, and they came and re-recorded it in our composer's studio. And she had never worked in a studio. She oh, came I'm in, she had perfect so pitch. She had perfect pitch, 16 mm-hmm. years old. It turns out her grandfather, you know, played for Benny Goodman when he was 16. Wow. So wow. he was a prodigy. Our composer could not believe that she was. had never been in the studio and that everything she was doing was technically perfect. So mm-hmm. she recorded it, and he spent about three weeks on it because he loved it so much he, he just produced it to within an inch of its life and it's so beautiful and it's the song that plays the moment the movie the movie is over. It oh. plays over the end credits. Okay.
0: Now Allison when after it, it's shown in, in Toronto, how long does it take for let's say, you know, for it to be, you know Distributed Distributed, yeah. Well
4: ideally if you get it We want to see it. <laughs> we I don't want to see it. Um, um, if, if it's shown in Toronto, I mean, if it in, sells in Toronto, it could be out by the following summer.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, like September to June or something, or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. It takes at least nine months usually. Okay. But you never know. Sometimes distributors have opening. You never know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. uh, gone, um, a year and, like, four months after it opened mm-hmm. here, opened in Japan last weekend.
3: Oh, wow. It's, called, we well,
4: it's called Find <laughs> a Out.
3: A a lapse there, but what's
4: the I love it. It's called, not a lot of movies, American movies open in Japan. People don't realize that. It's actually a very closed market. It isn't like mm-hmm. Russia or China. And it's called Find Out. And it had a pretty big opening in terms of theater numbers. And um, the president of the Michael Perret fan club Michael. of Japan contacted me, and I helped write some of the English production notes that were on their website and they're sending me this beautiful brochure. I guess in in um Japan when a movie opens there's like a beautiful mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. that they put together. So um they're sending me one. Anyway, so that was fun. That's exciting. That's pretty cool. they should have over.
3: The,
4: the theater was sold out the morning they went, the first day, so they're excited. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get updates on the on the on the on the box That's office. Yeah, I just love that it's called like Find Out. I just think it's a Find fun it. title. Find Out.
0: <laughs> now, okay, now
4: I have a question. Do you, you get HBO? Yes, I do. Okay.
0: Did you see Liberace? I did see it. Okay, what did you
4: think? Um, I thought it was shallow,
1: hmm.
4: um, entertaining, and I was not yeah. bored. I, I, you know, I really have great respect for Soderbergh and really enjoyed it. But I thought that it was fundamentally just kind of superficial. And then when I read that in real life Scott Thorson was 16 years old.
1: He was what?
4: 16 when he met Liberace.
0: Okay. Well, well, that wasn't even addressed.
4: Liberace was 60. He was 16, and then he slept with her for five years. So now what you have... Would have been oh. an unbelievably riveting story
1: mm-hmm. about
4: a pedophile kind of guy who right. finds this young man and wants to remake him in his own image, and, and then of course he wants to adopt him. Yeah, I mean, see, so that made much no deeper. sense.
0: It made no right. sense in the film,
4: right? Because it made, it's so much deeper, it, and I know that they probably it was very very hard to get the financing. Um, without someone like a Matt Damon, and maybe there is no sixteen year old actor that can make that movie work, but I don't really know why you make it if you can't tell it the way it happened. What is the value of it? What is the meaning well, of it yeah. if all it is is sort of a gay minstrel show yeah. Yeah. where you know you the guy's all flamboyant and making it i don't I don't understand it. Uh, and they asked Soderbergh at some festival what it was about, and he said it was a love story, a story of yeah. true no. love. No, but it's, it's not. Not. No, didn't come across. It's a story about power, and mm-hmm. then like incorporating another human being, and then you remember that Liberace had a dead twin, you know. So the whole thing with the the sixteen year old makes so much sense. Yeah, it, it, that
0: that. Yeah, it does. I I didn't even recognize Debbie Reynolds. I had to I watch it again when when a friend of mine told me you know Debbie Reynolds played the mother I went what you're yeah, kidding. I was like I said. To,
4: I said to my wife, I said, you know, I have a <laughs> feeling we know who this we know this woman, but we're not recognizing her. <laughs> she you was great. You
0: going. Yeah, uh, what? Yeah. What? Where is this? Oh my god! And Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe. Oh my god!
4: <laughs> I found that I found that personally profoundly <laughs> embarrassing. That reminded really? me of like in high school. I thought yeah, he I was thought he, great huh, with the glazed eyes. I thought he was doing like some sort of freaky Martin Short well, joke.
0: Well, he had like <laughs> too much plastic surgery.
4: It was yeah, horrible. Yeah, I get it. But, I get it, but I thought he was. I thought he was. It was like to me, it was like high school. I don't know. Like I just didn't find it. I didn't take it seriously.
1: Well, a friend of mine uh, told think... me
0: that that behind the scenes, that I, I don't know if she heard Rob Lowe or whether it was Matt Damon on an interview, and they were talking about that one scene where they're all in the living room, and he's, you know, and Liberace comes out. I want you to make him look like me, and he brings out his portrait. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about And him? Matt is sitting next to Rob Lowe mm-hmm. And apparently they could not get through the scene Because Matt was laughing so hard He just could not look Well, that's, what, that's
4: what it seemed to me like It seemed and to me could, like sketch so he, comedy
0: You don't see him looking at him He's just kind of looking down Yeah, at it, it, to me it was up. like
4: sketch comedy Like Rob was making this sort of cross-eyed, freaky, dead face <laughs> You know, like looking, like Martin Short used to do When he would sort of get cross-eyed That's what it reminded and, and me and sort of, of The Father's Bride yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I hated it. <laughs> I yeah. can't stand that stuff. I think Rob is a joke as an actor. I think oh, I thought in Entourage. I think it's deeply embarrassing. Um, it was like a but, train
0: wreck. I couldn't stop watching it. I had to watch yeah, it like that. three times. It's,
4: it's weird. I understand it's that. bizarre. But I thought Scott Bakula was interesting. I thought there was, you know, it was, it was a really, it was a lot of good filmmaking. I just, I just don't know why you make the movie. I just don't get it. But
0: and I'll probably win Did all the
3: What'd you was. say? Did you ever watch Men of a Certain Age, Allison? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to uh, say that again. To Jane. Men of a Certain Age, did you ever watch that? It was like Ray no. Romano, Scott. It was a good show. It was good. It got canceled, unfortunately. It was only on for,
4: I think, I 10 remember seasons. It.
3: But it was good. It was really good.
4: Yeah, I remember um, that. I never did see it.
3: Yeah, I been watching different. House of Cards. Randy likes that. My husband likes that. I have not Yeah, I like it. it. I mean, it's I
4: don't. I think it's of the upper echelon. I don't think it's uh-huh. like one of these, I don't think it's sublime, but I think it's damn good, and right. there's great moments and great acting and just lots of really fun, good, solid stuff, so I'm enjoying it.
3: I'm to Have you seen Rectified on the, the no, Sundance I haven't. channel? No, I haven't. That's really good. It's a yeah, little I've slow, it. but it's really, It's. I love the actor. He's did you watch Top of better. the
4: World, the yeah. miniseries that Jane Campion did on IFC?
3: Mm-mm. I did not. I didn't.
4: She did a seven-part mini series that ended a few weeks ago, um, with the girl from um, Mad Men. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm name, a Mad Men fanatic. Her. What's her name? The show. girl Marsh is it? You know the lead girl. Um, I mean the girl with the big blue eyes who plays mm-hmm. the secretary. Oh. Uh, uh, not the redhead. Hen-
0: no, not the redhead. No,
4: no, head, no, uh, not her. The little oh, one. Oh,
0: Peggy, who plays Peggy. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah she was right. really. She she carries a seven-hour mini series. And again she's in every single scene and she's fantastic. And it's really good. If you can stream it, it's really good. Yeah, it
1: does
4: mm-hmm. Um it's about it's about a murder uh, I say it's about a mystery that has to be solved, um uh in New Zealand, way up in the mountains of New Zealand. It's just it's just incredible.
3: The Mark Marion show? Have you seen that? I watched uh-huh. it a couple
4: of times. I think it's okay. See? It's a little dismal hey. but
3: it's definitely dismal. It's it's not, I was telling you, it's sort of like a curvier enthusiasm, and he he kind of reminds me a little bit of Ron Zimmerman mixed with John Stewart. I,
4: mean, I, I, I see it. I That's see That's the combination. <laughs> I get it. No, no, I think it's a really it's good if they had a, a love child.
3: Yeah, exactly. It would be more. Curious. Yeah.
4: We should say a moment about James Gandolfini. It's very sad.
3: Oh, it oh, is very sad. Tragic. He's so sad. He's very so young. Tragic.
4: Ron Zimmerman posted about him today on Facebook. He said, "I can't say it was unexpected. If anyone ever had a heart that you would expect to attack, that's what he said to get attacked. A heart that you would uh, expect to expect attack to get attacked, just because he was overweight and
1: yeah,
4: and mm. he he had a history of substance abuse and stuff, mm. um, which is never a good thing for a fat man's heart. No. Um, but I, what a great actor! What a what a loss! Oh, yeah. Tragic waste. Yeah, yeah. He
3: just got married, didn't he? Like in 2008,
4: yeah. He had like a little girl. They just had a girl this year." Like you know,
3: eight months ago or something. So yeah. he was he was
0: on vacation with his son, isn't that? I think. He, oh, I didn't know he also had a kid. His, and his son from his previous marriage, I think. Oh God. He had just graduated from eighth grade, Oh I think. God. And they were they were in Italy, and then they were going to go f- to a film festival. Oh God. In um oh. Sicily. And that's and then he he passed away in the hotel room. Just from God.
4: what I, I'm hearing Your son had just graduated from where?
0: Eighth grade
4: oh, And it God, was like a father
0: that? and son trip Aww.
4: What could be sadder than that?
0: I'm seven. Remember, you know,
4: remember the saddest story it ever was Remember the father who took his son to the baseball game
1: mm-hmm.
4: And they hit a ball And they, you know how at the end of an inning hits. The outfielder will toss it into the stands oh. So Josh Hamilton Tossed the ball into the stands And the father reaches out for it And falls over the railing Oh and falls 25 god. feet to his death right in front okay. of his son. Yes. Oh and the god. newscasters were joking about it because they didn't know that how you know that he was dead, and I they really sort of like made jokes all, you know that was only two years ago.
1: That's horrible.
4: Wow. It's on YouTube. It's I just I man, and, and, like it's the father's crazy. lying there saying, you know, my son's up there, my son.
0: Oh my god.
4: Then, yeah, I know. It's horrible.
0: Oh. But you never know. You. you never know, right? So you've just live and. In the moment. If you,
4: just, if you just think about what can go wrong, you'd never mm-hmm. sleep again, so you just have to... Patient. No, you, 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 anxiety can't think it. Of, you
0: can't think about it all the time because you,
4: right. you'll go nuts. Right, well, an exciting experience. I read this what? book called Full Service that was a bestseller kind of thing that was excerpted in Esquire magazine. And it was written by a guy named Scotty Bowers, who is 89 years old now. He probably he turns 90 in a few weeks. Exactly. And when he was young, after the war... He was pumping gas on Van Ness and Hollywood Boulevard, and a limo pulled in, and Walter Pigeon mm-hmm. offered him money for sex. Oh, wow. And oh. Scotty was a hypersexual guy, but he was straight. I mean, he had a wife and a kid, mm-hmm. but he was really hypersexual. And he didn't have a lot of money, and he took him up on the offer. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing he knew, he was beca- he was like an unpaid procurer. For the Hollywood movie stars, setting them up with tricks, and he wow. never took money for it because he felt that he was doing a public service mm-hmm. by helping these, you know, unhappily married or gay right. movie stars to hook up, and he'd hook them up often with young servicemen or young girls who weren't like you know hardened hookers there were people that didn't have any money they'd come back from the war it was an easy way to make money they were treated well and he never had a black book he never wrote anything down and this gas station was swarming with customers <laughs> i mean all night it was like the the hub of hollywood because he was setting them all up and he also turned tricks himself uh, and in his book he out he tells you all the dirt cuz he's 90 now and everybody's okay. dead and he doesn't care yeah and it's unbelievable, the list of people that he slept with or procured And for for. full
0: service? Full yeah. Service. I've got so to get below, this
4: book. I got it on uh, CD, so I oh, played it. it in my car and mm-hmm. couldn't wipe the smile off my face. Anyway, so I love the book. So through Friends, we hooked it. Uh, hooked me up. He does, mm-hmm. We went to have a dinner party in his honor and have him over, but he's yeah. kind of shy about that. And he said he'd like to work instead because he bartends so we were having a fundraiser for our kids elementary school mm-hmm. the parents so okay. we hired him to bartend
1: oh. so he came over <laughs> and i instantly
4: <laughs> swept him into my study and we looked through my ephemera collection of old or you know f- uh photos and documents from the 20th century of starting in about 1900 to about 1950 Mm -hmm. and i was showing him all my old la photos and we just got along so great and he told me unbelievably fantastic stories that Mm -hmm. we didn't even make him work he just i mean he just i just said don't bother and then when it was over i went to pay him and he wouldn't take the money so basically i just had four hours of hilarious conversation you know with amazing i said so what did you leave out of the book (laughs) <laughs> and, of course, I can't tell you what he left out of the book because he had good reasons. But one of the things he left out for no real reason was his threesomes with Betty Davis and her husband.
3: Get <laughs> oh out. Oh, my God.
4: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh God, it's unbelievable. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you name it, Vivian, Lee. Lee, Vivian <laughs> Lee, Spencer <laughs> Tracy, <laughs> Cary Grant.
1: Spencer <Mr>. Tracy. <laughs>
4: everybody. Oh, no.
3: Spencer <laughs> Tracy, come on. The Duchess of no. Windsor.
4: I mean, it goes on and on and on. You'll die, and it's all true. Govindal knew him for over 60 years and vouched for everything. He said he'd never known him to tell an untruth in his life. And when you meet him, it's just so obviously sincere.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, you figure if he's 90 years old,
4: uh,
0: why should he lie about something like that? Exactly.
4: What the heck? He does it like he's reminiscing. He's not. There's nothing mean spirited about it. It's not even all that gossipy. He's just Mm -hmm. telling the stories of his life. You know. he thinks it was a beautiful, glamorous, exciting time, and the world is not as wonderful a place. And there was an innocence, even in, in a weird way, about it. Like, you know, he said, you know, it's not, oh, he tells stories like Errol Flynn, Charles Lawton. Oh, I mean, yeah. the list just goes for, on forever.
0: Wow. Okay, well, I, I wrote it down.
3: Okay. and. <laughs> I'll Give us some open. more book recommendations,
4: Alison. Yeah, Aside from, from stuff my stuff own, not really. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I have two recommendations. What? Um American Dream Machine
1: mm-hmm. by
4: Matthew Spector. Okay. S P E K T O R. He's a wonderful guy you could have on your show. Um this is a book about sort of spanning thirty years or twenty five years of of life in Los Angeles. Um, and the f- hero, the focus of the book, is an agent, and oh, following him for twenty-five years. But it's not like an inside Hollywood book. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautifully written book about about L.A. life. Um, very sophisticated, really good. And then um, a book called These Things Happen mm-hmm. by Richard Kramer, with a K. Okay. He's also on Facebook, and it's a beautiful, very funny book about an unusual family setup. It has gay themes in it. It takes place in New York. Really urbane, really mm-hmm. charming. And then, of course, your book. Yeah, you, course, were, you
3: were, how's your that with mm-hmm. your, your s- suburban husband? And- uh,
4: that one, unfortunately, has been delayed a year, which, you know, oh. kind of sucks and it's kind of okay. Um, yeah. The publisher was just feeling completely overwhelmed. He had mm-hmm. overcommitted himself, and I want him to do it right. I don't want it to be rushed so I said fine, you know, let's just do it next year. Uh and then I won't have the movie and the selling of the movie to be so preoccupied with and I'll have a, it'll be a, probably a good time to do it. Yeah.
3: Well yeah. we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are your plans
4: um, for this summer? Um we're going away to the beach for a week on Monday to uh Santa Barbara. So it's only an hour and a half away but it feels like a world away.
2: Oh, it's beautiful.
4: No place. stress and the house is right on the sand. Uh, we rent a house for a week, so that's going to be kind of blissful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's about it, really. Um, it's hard to travel. I have two, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and they're a handful. Oh, we know? You know. They fight all the time. Um, <laughs> what did they, What did you do for
0: Father's Day,
4: Allison? Um, we had grandma over, and a couple of friends, and dinner, and Chloe bought me a neck massager because my neck. Gets hurt, gets wounded a lot from slouching mm-hmm. over my computer for thirty years, and um, and the kids made me cards and were very sweet and it was fun. Nice, very nice. Um, I love my boys, but when they're in the same room, boy, it's not not Uh-oh. pleasant. Yeah, you posted on Facebook
0: something about cursing or something.
4: They do swear up a blue streak, both of them. They don't Uh swear at school. They don't swear on anyone but me. But Mm -hmm. I I just don't believe in censoring people, and I think it's hypocritical, Mm -hmm. you know, for me to swear and tell them they can't. So I'd rather have them learn how it's appropriate and when to do it. But Mm -hmm. they curse a blue streak if I get them mad. Oh, my God. I mean, one of them used the c word once by accident because he didn't know the word. He just he just thought it was a sound. And our nanny said, "Don't ever say that again. It's the worst word in the world." So then he went, "Oh my God, how exciting!" So he loves to say it because he knows it's the worst (laughs) word in the world. So then he he taught the four-year-old. So then they but they rarely whip it out. They only use it under most extreme circumstances. Extreme Um, circumstances. They they definitely say the f word and they.
3: Yeah, I would have had Billy on, and you could have put Winslow on, and maybe he could have brought <laughs> that word out for Billy. But oh, well. Why does,
4: does Billy like, say it?
3: No, but it would have been funny to hear Winslow call that would have Billy that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been great.
4: That would have been great. That would
3: have
4: been great, yeah. Um, how have you guys been doing? Have you been doing shows a lot? I've mean, been I mean, do- uh, uh-huh. Oh, right. She has her own little, what's that, What's your gig called?
3: Well, I never really came up with a name, but I, I was thinking about Chapter Chick. Chapter Chick. I can't even say it because I I wanted to focus more on, on like authors and um, more, you know, well, a little bit yeah, more yeah. artsy fartsy or whatever. But um, I'm going. I'm actually going back to school in the fall, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of kind of on the back burner. So I'm kind of like a, a lifelong learner. Um. So yeah. So
4: how about calling it Tosh Spice? No, that's not a bad idea to do a book show. The only book show I really know of is Bookworm. Have you ever heard Bookworm on TV? I have. Yeah. Yes. On public radio. Mm -hmm. He's a very weird dude. Um, He is weird. Yeah, you could do something a little more fun and accessible. Yeah, I mean,
3: I I just, I love to read, so I thought that
4: would be, you know, and I love authors, I mean. Do you know
3: um, Andy Berman? I know the name.
4: He wrote a book called Electro Boy, and um, it's about living with bipolar disorder, and it's a really funny, harrowing memoir Mm -hmm. of him in the 80s becoming undiagnosed bipolar and committing art fraud and getting caught up in this Mm -hmm. crazy world because he he didn't know what was wrong with him, and it's about his recovery, Um, but he'd be a great guest. He's hilariously funny, but he knows a lot about mental health, and he's Mm -hmm. he's a great guest, and he's on Facebook.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll definitely check him out. in the book—it's it's
4: Berman, B-E-H, R-M-A-N.
3: Oh, okay. All right,
4: that's that another is... good book for people to read, especially if they or anyone they know has um, is bipolar. It's it mm-hmm. has an extra poignancy and usefulness. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, I'll check it. Have you? Did you read um, Touch by Gosh? What's his name? Alexa. Yeah. I can't...
4: Oh, uh, Sherman Alexie? No. Alexi? no. No. Sherman Alexie.
3: No. No, it's not. His it's Alexa. His first name is Alexa, and it's his last name is, is Russian-sounding. But it's a beautiful book. Um, mm-hmm. And also, The Girl with the Glass Feet by no. Ali Shaw, I believe, is no. also a beautiful book. It's, they're kind of mystical, and there's just... I don't know. There's, there's a whimsical element to them. I'm not really sure if it would be your kind of thing or not. But really One of my great it.
4: disappointments <clears throat> is that between working and raising my kids, it's mm-hmm. so damn hard for me to read.
3: To read, and okay. you know, it,
4: and I also have to read scripts for work, so it's right. like this constant feeling of overload, mm-hmm. and it's so hard. But you know, if I if a friend writes a book, I'll go out of my way and I'll force myself. But it's if I don't luxury. have an urgency, it's so easy just to fall back into Netflix and. You know, I used to read like you know easily a book a week, and it's just been almost impossible lately. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's kind of what I, I, can, like I said, I kind of get my introverted. I'm, I, I just want to like just me and a book, and I'll probably go through ten books in a week. I mean, I literally would just I get obsessed like when I'm reading a book,
1: wow. like your book
3: I read in a day. Um, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's
0: so, yeah. Well, I just finished reading your book for the second time.
4: Wow, which one discover
0: girl and you get more and I get more out of it, I just the second time around. That's so nice. On Discover Girl, yeah. Yeah. And I gave it out as gifts.
3: She did.
0: Christmas. Oh, that's
4: really nice. You know, I always say to people like, don't bring bottles of wine
1: no. to parties.
4: Bring, bring someone's Boring. book. You know, for the same ten dollars or even less on Amazon you can get somebody's book and like spread something good in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something so generic. I try to buy whenever my friends publish a book. I buy at least three copies, and I just try to. So because it's so damn hard in this market for anyone mm-hmm. to read anything, everything's so glutted. There's so much crap, and sure. there's so many people competing for your eyeballs, and yeah. it's just overload.
0: Yeah. Well, I was. My cousin's a writer. He lives in Berkeley. Uh, he he grew up in Philadelphia, but he and his wife have have been out in Berkeley for for a while. And he writes. He's a lawyer, but his passion is writing. Wow. He's really, really good.
1: Has he published? What's his
0: name? Yeah, he's published Best Ride to New York. His name is Bob Levin, L-E-V-I-N. And it's funny because his wife's maiden name is Levin, L-E-V-I-N. But in Boston, they pronounce it Levin. And in Philadelphia, they pronounce it Levin.
4: Right. That's funny. (laughs) So. Um, so he publishes But doesn't make enough To no. just live on it No It's very hard to live on Your it's writing extremely It's extremely hard You and have to write real crap To make enough money As a novelist
3: Yeah Isn't you, that true is so Yeah. Angry.
4: Almost every You like know. Daniel Steele. I mean Her
3: books are crap But she makes some Oh god Her books are horrible So
4: there are a lot of those You have to You know There are people That make a great living Who write well um, but not that many. Philip Roth, Jonathan Franzen, people like that. But there are a lot of people that don't write well and make a fortune. But they're writing genre stuff, and
3: it's did for you a read mass the 50, audience. The Fifty Shades of Grey, the Killers. No. Shows? Oh mm. my god, it's crap! It's such crap. And I was like, I am thinking, of, this is brilliant. Why didn't I think of this? <laughs> well, why did really? I think of
4: this crap? I know. And at first, nobody wanted it, and then mm-hmm. you know, you just catch lightning in a bottle. You never know. Yes, no. it's it's crap. It's like the Twilight books.
0: It's just crap. yeah. I've heard of God. I saw a no, good I documentary, just... Allison. It's called uh, Off the Menu, about the closing of Jason's. Have you ever seen that?
4: I did see it. I did see it. I loved it. it?
0: Wasn't it wonderful?
4: Yeah, I loved. It. I streamed it. Yeah, it's great. I um I didn't recognize the title at first, but yeah, it was wonderful.
0: I I don't know where I find these. They're just like totally.
4: I love going through Netflix and just going through the documentaries and just picking.
0: Love it. Just love it. And then I saw this really campy one. I don't think it. It's do you ever? It's it's called Malibu. Really cheesy, horrible train wreck that I've watched about eight times.
4: And uh, it's a documentary. (laughs) No, no, uh, this is a (laughs) miniseries. Oh, my God, how
0: funny. <laughs> With Kim Novak and Valerie <laughs> Perrine. Wait, it's so good. It's so bad and it's it. good. And I think it must have been maybe a three-parter.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it just gets trashier and trashier. Anthony and New, Newley's in it. And, oh, um,
4: God, how funny. Oh, it's so
0: good. And it and takes it's it's on Netflix? On Malibu, in Malibu in the colony. Oh,
4: God. Um, My wife right now is writing a movie for Lifetime
1: um,
4: based on a memoir, which you might love, called Some Girls. Uh And it's a memoir of a young New York girl who drops out of NYU, is going broke, wants to be a writer, is broke, starts to strip. And she gets invited to go and be a party girl at the Sultan of Brunei in his palace.
0: Wow! And it's
4: the memoir of her time spent with the Sultan of Brunei and his brother, and it's you know it's a harem story.
0: Fantastic, and, and it's definitely going to be going to be a Lifetime movie.
4: Nothing's <laughs> over definite, but Lifetime doesn't like to spend too much money on things they are not going to make.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
4: So the odds are good. Yeah. Great.
0: And now yes. your wasn't didn't your mother in law have an art show?
4: She did. It went great. It was beautiful.
0: Uh-huh.
4: Just closed yesterday. It was beautiful.
0: Does she do mainly like a, sculpting? Or
4: is she sculpted summer? for years and then became a painter. So it was her, It was like a retrospective. It was about 15 of her paintings and about maybe eight of her sculptures. And it was beautiful, and she sold stuff. It just looked great. Mm-hmm. So we were very proud of her.
3: Yeah. That's pretty cool. So Allison, what's the deal with you and uh Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian?
4: I stopped. It was just like shooting fish in a barrel. It was too much fun. I couldn't do that's it anymore so I stopped.
1: No, I stopped tweeting all
4: together. I just no, think Twitter is like, like I think it's I glance every now and then, but I just it, it feels stopped. like um I to me you. it's like um it's like I would say if the world were like Facebook the world would be a better place. And if it were like Twitter it would be hell. <laughs> um, it's like a world of billboards and a world of self promotion and it's I just got it it it's, it's I mean, like a game like yeah. everybody's playing the game and the and the points are followers,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and so all okay. people are trying to do is just find ways of getting to get uh, more followers. Uh, yeah it's so compulsive and it's so barren, so you know I check in on it sometimes, but I mostly just read I don't really post too much anymore
3: mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I think it's...
3: Uh, the only reason I use it is for promotion. And I actually left for a while because there's a, there's a lot of drama on Twitter, yeah, believe it or not. I don't know how... There's a lot of drama and... Uh, yeah, so I left for a while. I came back. And now all I do, really, is I, I check in, like, once a day for, like, five minutes and then I'm gone. Yeah. i just drop drive by tweet and then I'm out of there. What house. do you
4: mean about there's drama on Twitter? I, just...
3: There's just drama on Twitter. There's some there's some actors on there that people get really wrapped up and invested in. And then, I, I don't know, there's just some weird people on Twitter.
0: So. Well, there's some weird yeah. people <laughs> on Facebook, too. I think it's just social media is just...
3: Uh, yeah, but I think the thing about weirdness. Facebook, though, is it's more personal. I mean, you can put, like, you know, you have your pictures and you have your... You, you know, you're not limited by... Right. You know That's the thing I don't like either Like on Twitter You have a character limit And I'm very wordy I'm like no This is not working for
4: me (laughs) And you're just Trying to be clever That's why like When I It was so easy When I I didn't you know Set out to Make fun of these celebrities But when they Mm -hmm. post This crazy shit Mm
1: -hmm. You know
4: I just can't resist Because I'm by nature More of a counter puncher And I just can't resist Not having a retort You know When someone Like the day Of the school shooting you know and these mm-hmm. girls are still posting about their shoes and their fashion yeah. and i just could not believe Third. the shallowness okay. and callousness mm-hmm. of these people you know and the way that they're being paid you know they're being paid right to tweet you nice. know that?
1: i didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of really? celebrities
4: are getting money from sponsors to tweet about their product
1: okay. and
4: um mm-hmm. and you know it just made me it just makes me sick to think that these followers don't know it and that they're being conned. Um, and it's so nasty. I mean, how about mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen the other day? He took on Selma Blair. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, lady Did called him right.
3: He fired her. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, he told
4: her she was. Uh, he, called he, he, her <laughs> <laughs> he called her douche agua. He oh, called her douche agua. I right. happen to oh. love Selma Blair, so I felt really bad for her. And I really love her on his I, show, too. Wow. I think she's adorable, and I felt bad for her. But. Um, you know, it was all done in public. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, I'm mixing it up. He fired Selma Blair mm-hmm. because she, he took on the reality show girl who did a porno. That one, you know what I'm talking about? She's a 21-year-old girl who was on this show about single moms.
3: Oh, yeah. She, and
4: then she made a porno and now she's out here trying to be legitimate. She wrote and right. told him he sounded fabulous, and she wanted to have dinner with him. And he said, uh, she went, She wanted to have coffee with him. He said, coffee's for grandmas. Let's have dinner or something. And then she told her followers
3: mm-hmm. and
4: shared their correspondence.
3: Oh, wow. And he, oh. and he
4: really that's was pissed what? off. So that's when he took her on, and she attacked back. And it was that's all done via Twitter. It was really ugly. Wow, Yeah, awesome. real classy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She Charlie's talked about so her good. implants I and mean, her five o'clock shadow and
3: he's he so called her so douche. Here we go again. Yeah.
4: Exactly. What'd you say? Charlie's
3: something. I said Charlie. Yeah, he's been he's been doing good. I'm just wondering if we're gonna see the uh, his tiger blood is coming out again.
0: Oh that whole drama a couple of years ago oh. on Twitter well, he did post And then he the went on web he went
4: on uh, yeah. I posted and, a picture the other day of him yeah. in a chef's hat. And the chef's <laughs> hat is uh, is tiger striped.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, oh here we you know, go. You
4: know, he's all, you know, he's all over Facebook now. Um, oh, really? As Carlos, I think, Erwin Estevez. <laughs> and he posts dirty jokes every day.
0: It's him? It's actually him? Yeah, yeah. Winner! Winning. Winning. <laughs> winning. Is right, it, yeah, yeah, winning.
4: Oh, please. Well, oh, he's, he's a, he's a, he is a brilliant, hilarious guy, I have to say. I just
0: Yeah, you have sex with them a My whole family is brilliant. They're mm-hmm. all I mean, yeah. brilliant.
4: Uh, you w know. I, I don't know if I'm friends, but we're I mean, I've met him and we're friendly. Yeah. But but I but Oh I wait,
3: wait, it. you have to tell me. You said that you know my other crush, aside from your future, my intellectual crush, my my, my mm-hmm. other crush though, Timothy Ogle oh, here here go fan, um, fan. I was going Fan Um I just girl. had dinner
4: with him. He's good friends of friends and they mm-hmm. had a, a, a uh, they renewed their wedding vows and had a oh, had funny. a party, and, and, and yeah. I was sitting next to him at our table, so we were together for two hours.
1: Oh, and I, I just got to tell was. you, he
4: is really one of the nicest, most decent, most incredible guys. He's married to his college sweetheart. I
3: know.
4: <laughs> She's lovely. I've been married
3: 21 Great. years. I think I've been married. I think I got married the same year I got married, I think. Not sure. I got married in 92. No, I think I got married in 19.
4: Okay, this is getting creepy. Yeah, but cat yours only lasted three weeks.
3: Oh, right. 21 <laughs> years in December. Thank you. Uh,
4: pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just he's wonderful. Really great. He's
3: so cute. Oh my we gosh. we were
4: really tempted to offer him um, Paul Spooner, an undiscovered girl, but he uh, he wasn't available. Oh, oh. So he, did, he, would, he would have been great. Yeah. He
0: would have been really good. Yeah. Well, we've got the two-minute warning here, so. Oh wow! Whoa. Any parting yeah. words, Allison?
4: Any parting words?
0: Yes, parting words.
4: No, nothing. Words I, of I wisdom,
0: Allison. No.
4: <laughs> I wish. I'm a little bit um, under the water, under water today because we we wanted a kitten for the kids. Aww. So. For a long story short, we couldn't get a shelter cat because we we let our cats outside and and we have kids. We only only have one cat, not two cats, so they won't give you a shelter cat. So we got an exotic, expensive cat Mm
1: -hmm. and they gave
4: it to us. And the woman said, this breeder said, um, she was exposed to some males, but it won't matter because she's a kitten. But I mean, Mm -hmm. if she were pregnant, I wouldn't want those kittens, of course. And and she Mm -hmm. loves raw meat and she leaves. Well, the cat she gave us, who is beautiful, whom we love... Is was pregnant with five kittens.
3: Oh my goodness!
4: Mm. So three weeks after getting our kitten, she's giving birth. Oh wow! And then we find out that the mother is crawling with parasites.
3: Oh that no. Are, that are
4: caused by raw meat.
1: Uh, oh no! So f-
4: a few thousand dollars later, we mm. saved all the cats. They right. have homes. We made some of the money back, but, we're, you know, it's still
1: mm-hmm.
4: not great. And we have the cat back, and we can't let her outside because she hasn't been spayed yet. We can't spay right. her because she's just getting over all the antibiotics. Wow. And I'm allergic to cats, but when they go outside <laughs> a lot and the windows are open, I'm really not bad, but I'm dying, man. It's like she's indoors all day, and it's yeah. really bad. So I'm on an allergy pill today, so I feel like Aww. I'm floating underwater. Like, oh. Yeah, I
0: understand.
4: We we we're, really I, I think we're both like
0: we're all floating underwater today. Yeah, but thirty seconds.
4: Thirty seconds, I, Allison, I love guys, it's you. It's great having you. I hope. And we, I hope we're having can... our
0: first anniversary show sometime in July. So will you call in and
4: just say oh, hi? Of course. Okay, I'd great. I'd love to. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about women with Billy. Okay. Yay! <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> I'll,
3: okay, Okay, guys. See you on Facebook,
4: girl. Thank you. All
3: right. Bye, Bye, Allison.
0: Thank you. And we will see okay. you guys. Um,
3: Soon. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye.